you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the NFL podcast is quick coming off the edge. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler and Chris Wessling. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. How are you, buddy? Great. Our boss, the boss, not Bruce Springsteen, but Greg Rosenthal is not here. He's tending to some boss duties sometimes when you're the boss you can't be in on the fun and i do feel for him because it was like uh it was like watching you know the sad kid left behind as we went up the stairs couldn't join us today. or as what happens in mark's life when it rains you, you leave your 16 kids inside and your other one outside oh yeah that was a, your weird analogy from our last podcast yeah listen i have been dealing with a, some version of a head cold and many of the statements that I've made over the past couple of shows dating to even before Dan returned mm. are questionable. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a great show today. And, you know, it's an exciting show because uh, we are going to bring back one of our favorite games, and it is called Go Get My Lunch. Uh, that last part was supposed to be implied. Oh. You know, I'm, I'm used to... Greg saying that to me as well, so that kind of threw me off. A little, I'm a little off balance right now without Greg on the right. So, but we're just gonna stay focused. We're bringing back the game. Go get my lunch. That's sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, and we're going to, uh, you know, get all our all our new uh, wagers back and forth with each other about proposition th- propositions. Thank you, Proposi- propositions about what will happen in the 2014 season. We decided we could not move forward with go get my lunch. Until we uh, cleared everything, cleared the decks of previous sandwich uh, wagers, excuse me, propositions, and now we have and we can move forward. I also am not certain that I'm comfortable with going to local stores and dropping like 40, 50 bucks on buying sandwiches for anyone, including Wes, when he has something that is the appetizer that needs to be eaten before you start having high octane sandwiches paid for you. Chris Wessling will eat his softball pass. That's a fair point by you, Mark. And <laughs> I believe 
I was guessing that today's edition of Go Get My Lunch will implied. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, we won't collect on those until the end of the year, right? Because most yes. of what we'll be propositioning in most cases will yes. be an end of the year scenario. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, just an update on the softball pants front. I have a connection in Los Angeles. One of the most popular eateries, I will not name it at this point, but one of the most popular eateries and the, and the chef behind this popular restaurant in West L.A. I have been in contact with his people. He is interested in coming up with a special treat including, that would include the uh, nylon, the elastic, the zipper, the other uh, composite parts that would be worked into a dish for Chris Wessling to eat. So we have one of the top chefs in Los Angeles in play right now. I will have to meet with him in like some shadowy garage to hand over the pants. That's yeah, fair. No, there would obviously at some point it would have to get into his possession. So that's coming up. Uh, but before we get into the sandwiches and before the lunch propositions, we're going to check in with the man behind the glass. There he is looking smooth as always. Mr. TD. What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? Doing great. How are you? Doing well, doing well. You know, it's been a, been a fun week, and uh, looking ahead to the Thursday night game. The first Thursday night game of the year, Mark, featuring two teams, one being the Baltimore Ravens and the other. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Chris Wessling's team. Certainly not your team, Mark. They are in my world. I, they're part of my job to report on them. Do I pine for them and think about them? Did they ruin my Sunday? <laughs> yes, they did. You know, despite that second-half comeback, I – came out of week one liking the Steelers even more. They're even more exciting to watch than I thought they would of be. Of course you did. I, and I, got, <laughs> I usually, usually, having worked with Mark, this is our fifth season together, I'm used to seeing Mark immediately uh, crestfallen about the Browns. But Sunday was different because we got crestfallen Mark for the first half, uh, quietly excited Mark into the third into the fourth quarter, and then crestfallen Mark again. So We got at the end of the game an excited Chris leaning over my cube going, are the Steelers kicking a winning field goal? It's like, <laughs> oh, that's are cruel. you kidding me? Uh, anyway, TD. Real, real quick, this, yes. the Steelers were fun to watch, but on a, on uh, this week's DDFP, Damashek took it overboard and compared Le'Veon Bell to LaShawn McCoy. That uh. player... <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. Can I just make one uh, editorial suggestion? When you play the damn shit, come on, player, we have to hear the whole thing. Come on, player. What's that? What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> that sends it over the top. Oh, that was iconic. Um, anyway, so yes. Yeah. The, the shame report, was it? The Sheck Report? Is that what it was from? No, this was on the podcast. Oh, he so said it on the was, podcast. Yeah, and the Dan Dave Damashek was on program. there. Handsome Hank was on the podcast. Dave has all... a podcast. I know. <laughs> I heard DJ set him straight and compared him to Deuce McAllister instead, which does make sense. Yes. Yeah, well, that that almost seems to be that selling checks him. out, right? I don't know. I mean, it's much more accurate, obviously, than Shady McCoy. We're talking early career Deuce McAllister when he ran uh, for like sixteen hundred yards one year, and and I had another sixty catches for six hundred yards. He was a dude for a while there. Poor All right. Damashek down in the newsroom eating a salad, getting assassinated up here. I wouldn't say. Wait, that. he what? What's the soup, fella? If you <laughs> hear that, Dave, I want my free soup today. <laughs> All right, let's do some news. <laughs> I like that. Well done. Is that because Cam Newton's coming back? That was not regal. because of Cam, but because Jim Harbaugh came out this week and spoke about his quarterback and said 
He reminds him of uh, essentially says he reminds him of Superman. Like, oh, okay. he's Superman like, you know. And I was like, you know That's what? That had me thinking of you know me. I'm a big superhero movie fan. I'm yep. a big score fan. I was like, you know what? Let's uh, let's do a little throwback here. Let's play a little original Superman theme. Area producer, a big score fan. That's TD. <laughs> Gonna fly now. Don't put him in a box. No, never. Uh, All right, let's get into some news. And we'll start with uh, the big news in the NFL, obviously not on the field. Ray Rice, since we've been gone, Ray Rice has been not only released by the Ravens, uh, but suspended by the NFL indefinitely. Uh, This after TMZ released video footage inside the elevator of Rice striking and knocking out his then fiance. Uh, this has led to Ray Rice being out of the NFL now, and obviously it's become a huge story. Everyone has an opinion on it, for better or worse. Uh, Ray Rice no longer with the Baltimore Ravens. I was told uh, this week that I I am free to speak my mind on this issue. Yes. And uh, a shadowy league figure told me this, and the same shadow league figure told me he will enjoy hearing that as my last podcast <laughs> for the company. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a tough – listen – Everybody knows the deal. We work for the NFL, and this is a a touchy situation with the league that's happening. It's unfolding right now as we speak. The NFL is dealing with what's really a difficult situation. It's been – the league has gotten tons of criticism over it. Uh, But I guess the the takeaway with Ray Rice now is that he's out of the league. The league maybe took longer to act than people expected it to or wanted it to, but – he is out of the league. So what? what's next for Ray Rice? Do we see him in the NFL again? I can't imagine we don't. I mean, hmm. it always seems like when Ben Roethlisberger is going through this kind of stuff and Michael Vick's going through this kind of stuff, everybody comes out and says, I can't imagine these guys ever playing in the NFL again. And I, I just – everybody's wound up right now. But, as, you know, as time goes by, this people will want to give him another chance. I mean, I think Chris speaks well in that it's that the NFL has been a place of second chances for a lot of people that we thought we'll never see them again. And so we'll have to wait and uh, find out how it goes down. It le- it, it's a situation where had Rice's original two-game suspension had been held up, he would have been back with the team on Friday after Thursday's game. Instead, we're left with a situation where the backfield is now a huge question mark. It was even a question mark with Rice there after he had what was really a terrible year last year. He looked better this summer, so there was some optimism that he would maybe return to form. But right now, what do we have back there? Justin Forsett? Bernard Pierce. Bernard Pierce. And Bernard Pierce, who got fumbled and really seems to be creeping deeper and deeper into a doghouse. So do we Lorenzo think- Taliaferro. Taliaferro is a guy that people are excited about. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and got someone. Do you think they'll stick with the in-house options? or I do, and I think – uh, it seemed like after the game, John Harbaugh said, look, we don't accept fumbling. And then two days later, he said, we're not going to bury Bernard Pierce. He's a, he's a big part of our backfield. And I still think Pierce is the favorite to end up leading this backfield in rushing. Forsett might get the start Thursday night because he deserves it after the first game. All right, let's move on. The Indianapolis Colts, another suspension. Uh, Robert Mathis had been suspended four games uh, for vi- violating the NFL's abuse policy on performance-enhancing drugs. Now he's out for the year. While training on his own in Atlanta, he blew his Achilles tendon. So the league sack leader last year, he had 19 and a half, will not be coming back. He's done for the season. And at age 33, we don't know what we're going to get from Robert Mathis going forward. 
it's a devastating loss. And Chuck Pagano came out and said that that it's devastating for Robert, for the team, for the organization. And it is. He was their only difference maker on defense. He he was in the defensive player of the year conversation last year. I think he might have finished second, and he deserved it. He played that well. This is a team right now that cannot protect its quarterback, and it can't get to opposing quarterbacks. And we've looked at them all off season as this shoe in in the AFC South because it's hard to pick who else could possibly overtake them, but. With Andrew Luck, it's hard It's hard to say they won't be there at the end, but there are a lot of missing pieces to the Indianapolis Colts. They're not a really, really team that you can look at and say this has a deep January run to it. Which, they, oh, go ahead. They drafted Bjorn Werner in the uh, first round two years ago to be this guy, and he hasn't been that guy yet. So it's either now or never for this guy. And I, I think it should be said that Ryan Grigson now has had uh, three seasons, or this is the third season for him to build a team around – Andrew Luck, I know it basically started from scratch initially, but for us to be having the same conversation now, like, oh, well, the AFC South is weak, uh, but you can't discount Andrew Luck. It's putting a lot on Andrew Luck, basically asking him for the third straight year to basically put the team on his back just to get to the playoffs. And I don't think any of us see him as, see the Colts as a Super Bowl contender right now as presently constituted. Here's the problem. If they want a running game, that often comes because of Andrew Luck taking off with the ball. The guy's a better runner than than Trent Richardson is right now. I'm not even trying to be snarky. He statistically last season finishes a better runner than Trent Richardson. I mean, is there a... A lot, a loss that is this for the AFC for AFC contenders. Take one Jenga piece out of a defense. He's got to be up there in terms of Jenga pieces for any of these AFC teams that are playoff hopefuls. Yeah, he might be at the top. I don't know if they have any other pieces in that Jenga tower. <laughs> it's just luck and Mathis. <laughs> they just took the one piece that, away. That's a crappy Jenga tower. <laughs> it's does not, not a, sound it's fun not at just, all. I don't, I don't know. Let's go. Uh, some more grim news. So two two bits of injury news out of the Monday night game. We'll get to the Monday night games a little bit uh, after the news. But uh, the Chargers-Cardinals game, a Cardinals 18-17 win. Both teams seem to potentially have lost key players. Uh, John Abraham suffered a concussion in the game. And now it's been announced that he's taken a leave from the Cardinals. And there's a report out there that he's been suffering from memory loss and has been for over a year now and he is pondering whether to retire. He was placed on the reserve list, which gives him gives him five days to make a decision on what he wants to do. But 36 years old, apparently a history of concussions, still a productive player, and their best pass rusher. Now Abraham, very good chance, it seems, that he's out of the picture. Awfully similar to the Robert Mathis situation where you have a team that really only has one effective edge rusher. If you take John Abraham out of the picture, this is one of the reasons I was down on the Cardinals' defense. Their only edge rusher is a 36-year-old guy, and they have nobody behind him. Calais Campbell can get to the quarterback, but he's not coming off the edge. They have no outside linebackers behind Abraham. It's interesting that in a year where we thought maybe the 49ers take a step back in the NFC West because there's no easy team in that division, but then bang, the Rams lose Sam Bradford. Today we find out that Chris Long is gone for a while. We'll talk about that in a bit. And then you got the Cardinals, who might have had one of the toughest off-seasons around in terms of what was a very solid, interesting defense being stripped away of its talent. Uh, it's hard to look at the Niners and not say they're going to be able to take care of business against these teams, at least at home. I was impressed by Arizona's defense against the Chargers, especially yes, Larry I, Foote, I was who too. was going off in that game. But how many pieces can you take away before the team's, the defense really becomes a mediocre or worse unit? And I think 
we should point out that they are a team who last year played way better at home, especially on defense, than they did on the road. So it shouldn't surprise us that they played better than expected in the opener when they were playing at home. That's a sneaky stadium to have to win in. It is. It really is underrated for that. And it's also, you know, every offseason we can look at the additions and subtractions off a roster and then whistle this team down the river, you're gone. But they surprise us sometimes. That's how the Cardinals looked in week one. If they can keep it up, losing Abraham, that would be surprising. And on the other side of the ball from that Chargers game, we learned on Wednesday that Chargers center Nick Hardwick, who has been the center for Phillip Rivers since he came into the NFL, has really been a steady player for them. He is out for the year, suffered a neck injury. It seems like it was a neck injury that he had some issues with stingers last season. He hurt the neck in week three of the preseason. He went out with an ankle injury on Monday night, but apparently the neck also was an issue from the game. And they announced today that suddenly he's out of the picture for the year. That's a big loss for their line. Yeah, I let's be honest. It's hard for us to say with any degree of accuracy how losing a center will affect them. They have a capable backup in Rich Orenberger who has been around for a while. But I don't think this is like a death knell for their offense. Well, I, when, I remember when I went to the Chargers-Cowboys game and we talked with Antonio Gates after. And I was like, what, what is this whole Phillip Rivers revival? What was it to you? He goes, he's never changed. It's been the line. They, they finally found guys to protect him. Now, whether or not we buy into that as the sole explanation, he was one of their most consistent guys on that line. And you're right, but changing a center in quick time is rough because you've got to do a lot to get that other guy prepared. And, uh, Mark, you mentioned it early, another NFC West team losing a, a big player. Chris Long, the defensive uh, lineman for the St. Louis Rams, is going to miss at least a, quote, few games, and it could be months after, under, after he undergoes ankle surgery. Uh, this is another big loss for a Rams team that doesn't have too many more hits it could take. If it's already over for them, you know, this almost doesn't make a difference. But still, that's a bad loss. Yeah, if there's a silver lining, it's that their defensive line is probably deeper than anybody's in the NFL. They can plug some guys in there and, and be fine. But the defensive line isn't the problem with this team. I think we'll see more from that Ethan Westerbrook's character, the undrafted guy who looked good. We did an injury roundup today, and it reads like an unwieldy first draft Russian novel. <laughs> <laughs> For a Wednesday, a lot's happened on the injury front. Uh, Wes, I know you're off today. You came in to do the podcast, which really speaks to you as a man, what you're all about. Or maybe you are very bored. Which one is it? I think it's both. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I know you were not on board with Earl Thomas as the punt returner for the Seahawks. Of course, the star safety uh, being given those additional duties, struggled a little bit in the season opener. And now Pete Carroll announced Wednesday that Earl Thomas will not be returning punts anymore. Brian Waters will take over that job uh, effective this week. So the experiment... With Earl Thomas as a punt returner, lasts exactly four quarters. Never made any sense to me. I get that Pete Carroll adheres to the competition mantra more than any coach in the NFL. That's why they have so many undrafted free agents who make the team and so many late-round draft picks who have big roles. And Earl Thomas earned that job. But it never made sense from an injury prevention standpoint and from a standpoint that Earl Thomas has no experience doing this job and he made mistakes in the opener. He, he didn't know when to call a fair catch. I talked to two people inside the Seahawks organization this afternoon, and uh, why are you laughing? Sometimes you just know something's a lie. Well, this is accurate. I just got a text about this on the way up to You know, that'll be fine from you, too. I'm about to drop some information out of the Seattle area. John Schneider was, well, he was in his vehicle, and, you know, long drive through the Seattle forest land. What do you mean, vehicle? 
in his vehicle. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to give you wrong facts. I don't know what kind of car he has or right. truck. So he was in his vehicle mm-hmm. through the Seattle forest lands, listening forest to lands. Uh, an episode of the podcast when Chris ripped the concept of uh, Earl Thomas being a punt returner. Went back to the facility not a Sessler, and said, just, "We have got no. It's just a celebration of Sessler. Gotcha." The sound effects are relentless. <laughs> Went back to this facility and said, "Listen, Pete, I understand what you're all about, but we got to we got to reverse course here. Put him, take him out of the what punt just happened position. to the last two minutes of my life? I just instituted gone. a material change That's, in Seattle. Yeah, we're not allowed to on the site. We can't write it that way. But to, for the listeners, who I think were more of our real audience, are you now an NFL media insider? <laughs> I guess I just crossed that threshold. Um, <laughs> finally, finally, this was something I just want to run by you guys because I found it amusing. Larry Fitzgerald on Monday night was only targeted four times, and the first one didn't come until the second half. He finished with one catch for 22 yards. Larry Fitzgerald doesn't say anything about this because, you know, he's he's an ambassador of the he's game. He's all class. It's all class. But Larry Fitzgerald's father, not quite the same character, it seems, as his son. Oh, he is a character. Uh yeah, he, he came out and he tweeted that uh, comments along the lines of, well, I'll read the comments because they were, they're so trenchant. Uh, being a receiver, you can work hard, run all game, and you're dependent on the coach calling your number and the quarterback getting, your, getting you the ball. The world saw on Monday Night Football the politics and business of football, if it's been decided that you are not getting the ball, just win. So obviously with uh, Larry Fitzgerald Jr.'s uh, financial situation, uh, hanging in the balance for next year. Senior thinks that his son's being frozen out for money reasons. It's it, an interesting theory. It doesn't seem that completely outrageous oh, to me in terms on. of – Well, listen. I heard – That's silly. I well, heard someone make this guess before the season that Larry Fitzgerald – he didn't use frozen out, but Ross Tucker, Ross Tucker on the Ross Tucker football podcast said, I would not draft Larry Fitzgerald in fantasy football because they have these younger receivers. Fitzgerald has a $24 million cap figure next year. And they're probably going to start veering the offense away from Larry Fitzgerald. Well, it makes sense from a strategic standpoint that that's what they're going to do. But I don't buy into it that the that Bruce Arians met with management and they're like, "Hey, don't don't let Carson Palmer throw it to Larry Fitzgerald as much. <laughs> right, we need to save money." That's not that's well, not credible yeah, it in any way. Didn't go down that way, but they don't need. It's not like they're you know taking out a key part of their offense that they can't survive without. Honestly, it's not that way anymore because they have so many other wide receivers. We saw it. Well, here's night. here's an example of how it could happen. Early in the game, there was a key third down, and the Cardinals were in a three-wide receiver set. Larry Fitzgerald was not one of those three wide receivers, mm. and that's never happened before in Arizona. And it should be noted that Bruce well, Arians was, of course, or you going to say? Well, it's a little conspiracy. I mean, we do sound a little a little nutty, potentially, to think yes. that they've met over this. No, or I don't believe that. But, and I don't think that's what we're saying. It's just that I, I think that, in general, the offense is veering away from you Fitzgerald. You love conspiracies, though, Mark. You once started to write a JFK assassination book. Not a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you believe in it, right? Uh, what, in what? There was a conspiracy in Dallas in 63. I believe that the facts that were given to the American public back then, 50 years ago or whatever, are there was more to it than that. Well, I don't think I'm alone. The, the vast majority I of the American with you. public. Yeah. I think it would be silly not to think that. Yeah. Why would the government start telling us the truth now or then? Hot take. Hot <laughs> government take. Yes, we can. <laughs> Since when are we always given the truth by the government? That's a really fair point. I don't know. 
Anyway, we have veered into a completely should, different type of podcast at this uh, point. Oswald acted alone. We, it should be stated that uh, Larry Fitzgerald himself shot down what his father shot said. Down. And, uh, you know, shot down what his father said and called the comments inflammatory. So, you know, there was probably a, not a pleasant phone call uh, between the two. In fact, Kevin Patra, our, our beloved around the NFL writer, wrote in a post this morning that it was the equivalent of the soccer dad embarrassing his son at the game. Oh, uh, I've got a better analogy. Oh, do it. Michael Vick and Marcus Vick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's another great one. Uh, so that's the situation. Bruce Arians was ticked off, I think, was asked about this on Tuesday and basically said, you know what, we have options now. The days of the ball being forced in Larry Fitzgerald's direction are over, which makes sense. You got Bruce, right? You got Andre Ellington. You have John Brown. You have Michael Floyd, who's a star in the making right now. It's it's a different time, moving forward. That's what's happening, guys. TD, how was that for news? That was good. It sounded like you're a little moving forward. It's kind of like when you listen to Pandora or Stitcher. Actually, do you listen to podcasts or Stitcher? Always, because that's. We are Stitcher Award winners. Yeah, so if you pause an episode and go back to an episode, then you hit play, it has this robotic voice that goes, resume an episode. You just resume like route. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, by forward. the way, I'm just curious, because the Stitchers are coming up again. Yes. Is, do we End need to formally nominate ourselves, or is that yeah, something? Is once that the, TD yes. producer work? Yes, we get the uh, we get the note. Once nominations start, we have to apply for nomination. Get it, people have to vote for us. Like, hey, go vote for around the NFL. Because we're and, reapplying for the job of the biggest podcast in the world. Yes, of course. All right, gentlemen. So it's time. We move forward. Play the game. America loves. I don't know if America loves it. Our listeners seem to like it. We certainly It's love my it. favorite game show that we have. Chris, now that Greg has my toaster. Yes, now that uh, Greg has your toaster, you still have Go Get My Lunch as the big game where we trade theories or predictions about the season coming up. It was Our last time we played it was in April when we did predictions about the draft and the offseason. Now we're going to do some predictions about the season. We're going to take turns going around the horn, uh, laying it out there, and then each of us, the other two people in the room, will get the opportunity to take you up on that proposition, disagree with you, and if whoever comes out on the winning end gets a high-octane sandwich, or in Mark's case, a, a piece of bread with lettuce and cheese <laughs> Not accurate. and olives. A grilled cheese. A fancy grilled cheese. You are a factory of sandwich! <laughs> you know what? I'm coming for you after this show. I love the TD uh, sizzler heat today. That's it's good. like sizzler has taken Rank's place. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm going to start it off, guys. Because I'm so excited about the first one that I can't wait any longer. I, I really do wish Greg were here right now because he loves this game so much as well. What we'll end up doing, maybe for our next show uh, on Friday, we will talk to Greg, let him throw a few out there as well. I like that idea. Yeah, we got to get the boss involved. Yeah, so we'll give Greg his opportunity as well. But for now, we'll we'll throw it out there in TD, behind the glass. If you have anything, if you want to get into if I, you want to hand us sandwiches, I was going to say, by all means. here's your only warning and heed it. Uh, the previous producer, the gold standard, tried to wade into these waters. He ended up down two sandwiches and then fled to England. So we he never <laughs> absconded <laughs> with yeah. our sandwich voyage for two months. Yeah. So he you is might back, have, though, if you want to track him down. OK, so. well, so if you if you happen to lose sandwiches, there's no family trip to Nigeria that lasts for, you know, six years or something. So you would have to pay up. So it's just a lot of trouble understand. to go to to get away from giving us sandwiches. Right. 
Didi moved because he, to Nigeria because he owed us four sandwiches. That would be stupid. I understand um, that mindset. Okay, here we go. I'll start it out. Here we go, fellas. Andy Dalton. I just want to get Dalton in the mix. I know I'm how much you guys laughing. hate Andy Dalton. I'm already taking you up on so this. I'm taking advantage of this. Andy Dalton will finish with a higher passer rating than Phil Rivers. Oh, I'm all over this one. Yep. I'll take it. I didn't even need to run this by West. I, Andy Dalton was all that was necessary. Mark, you seem to be maybe uh, you don't have the vendetta that Chris Wesley. I does. have no vendetta. I'm telling you. I hate to go all Greg Cosell on you. I'm telling you what the film shows. <laughs> that does sound bad. I did not want to come in here and drop a ton of bets, uh, but I'm going to have no, – There are no bets here. Propositions. All right. Propositions. <laughs> I'm going to have to take you up on this. It's yes. just too juicy. Yes. Now, we do have a listener that keeps track of all these at home, right? Yes. We do. He's been wonderful. And uh, he has been wonderful. He I, or she, I assume. He should reveal be. himself so, or herself so we can give he or she the credit. I know. Well, have they? Maybe they have. We just did not do our due diligence before the show. That's distinctly possible. Their their name could be right on their Twitter feed for all we know. Anyway, someone has been tracking this. It's called the Go Get My Lunch Twitter. Oh, is that what it is? Uh, Yeah, so check that out because that has all the uh, previous propositions. So that's the first, and I'm excited already because I got two high-octane sandwiches. I like that one. That was a good one. By the way, Mark, when you buy me the sandwich, I'm going to make sure it's meat lovers, and you have to order it and look at it get stacked onto the bread. He did say it was too juicy to pass up. It's going to have a little bit of softball residue in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make that one myself. All right. Uh, Mark, your turn. All right. Uh, here we go right now. Jimmy Garoppolo will start one or more games for the Patriots this season. Uh, I'm a sporting man, so I will take you up on that. I, I leave it. I don't know what that means, but I leave it to Sessler to do one that is just about someone going down with an injury. Because obviously Tom Brady doesn't not have get... to be that. Maybe they're up by six games in the AFC East with you know seven to go, and they say let's put the not, youngster in no, there. Not Tom from Brady, what I saw well. after week one. Well, maybe they've won the division in week sixteen and they sit in week seventeen. That's quite possible. I you said one or more games, correct? One or more. Okay. I don't take any of uh, any propositions that involve hoping or waiting for someone to get injured. That's I'm not, not in your business, Sessler. That's so I will not, not what this scenario it's bad is. Voodoo. It, it's bad I think voodoo. I think that the bet scares you, and so you're using linguistics to escape <laughs> it. I, you could just saddle up and take the bet. I'm just I'm a little disappointed that you went down this route. You took the you took the proposition, Wes. Right. All right. Let's just for the time being, a little bookkeeping. You keep track of your own sandwich situation. I don't have a pen. Oh Christ! Here we go. Hang on. Picking <laughs> one up. There it is, thrown across the room. All right. Work, I've worked with Mark for almost five years, and he's never had a pen in an important situation. <laughs> well, I'm in an office where there's always little buckets of pens. Why need, do I need my own? He's All no right. MacGyver. All right, uh, Wes, let's, let's raise the bar with yours. All right, this is, this is <laughs> that, going to know, be a field situation. Ooh, I love field situations. I am taking Brandon Cooks for Offensive Rookie of the Year. You all get the field, which includes Kevin Benjamin, Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans. Ooh, Sammy Watkins with EJ Manuel throwing <laughs> to him? Wow, Wes. I'm trying to reel awesome you in. Idea. That's EJ Manuel of the 1 Brandon, 0 Bills. I know you love Brandon Cooks as much as back. I do, so I'm trying to reel you in. I'm not touching it. Kelvin Benjamin. Bishop Sankey. You know what? The field is it's such a great uh, odds. It's such great it odds. It is. So I will take you up on that. Even you have though, Alan Hearns. I got Hearnsies involved <laughs> here. He's on pace for 32 touchdowns. I think I will take you on that just because the odds are so good. Even though I do believe that Brandon Cooks is the favorite, 
He could easily get picked off. Anything could he happen. He could get injured. Here's He's a slightly what you built have. man. Here's what you have in your back pocket, and that is Blake Bortles hitting the scene sooner than later Ooh. and succeeding. Mm. It's over. No wide, no dinky. Sure you, you know, don't want to join me, Cecily? No, I don't. But I already have stated that Blake Bortles will win the Offensive Rookie of the Year in print. So then why wouldn't you take this? Because I like to you go. You, sir, are a coward. No, no. This is, called, this is how you actually make these things work. I can't lose. All right, my turn. Jason Garrett, he is the Teflon Dallas Cowboys head coach. Uh, he has orange hair. He's a carrot top. Gives exceedingly dull press conferences. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, yes, no, okay. I'm familiar with him. He will survive the 2014 season. Anyone disagree? I can't take you up on that one because I – I believe that he has incriminating photos of the owner. <laughs> I am going to take you up on that. Ooh, I like that. Because it is my belief that Hugh Jackson oh, will I forgot be about that. the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Book it. He has experience working with troubled owners, and uh, he's going to pull that trick in Dallas next season. All right. So, Mark, on the hook for two meat lover sandwiches now. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. <laughs> haven't lost one yet. All right. Your turn, Mark. All right, the LeBron James-led Cleveland Cavaliers will win more games in their first seven appearances on the basketball court than the Browns will win all season. Oh, this is a good one. I love this one. Because you have to figure that the Cavs are going to be an Eastern Conference uh, serious contender, and they could go 7-0, and but they could also maybe take a little while gel so they could be could be four and three, but they'll probably be five and two or six and one. So that's five or six wins. So I picked the Browns to be a six win outfit this season. So I will abstain because it's too close to what I was thinking. But that's what I'm thinking. Chris, I am looking up the Cavaliers schedule right now. Ooh, that's smart, too. I think we got to get TD involved in this. Knicks, Bulls, Blazers, Jazz. Wait, let's go nuggets. one by one. We'll start over. Knicks. One and oh. Yeah. Bulls. Homer one and away. one. Homer away. At Bulls. Okay, one and one. One and one. At Trailblazers. Ooh. They're going to split those games. They're two and one. At Jazz, three and one. Three and one. At Nuggets. They're going to stumble there. That's three straight road games. Yeah, they're three and two. Three Mm. and two. Uh, Versus Pelicans at Cleveland. The who? New Orleans Pelicans. (laughs) (laughs) It is real. I know it's absurd. They're four and two after six games. And then at Celtics. Five, five and, and two. two. That's five of seven. Five right? wins. TD, you're a, you're a big basketball guy. Is five and two sound uh, fair there? That's correct. Five and two. Okay. okay, so five. They have more wins than the Browns, is what you're saying. That's the way you phrased it. I I, I said uh, you know what? Win more. Now that we went over the schedule, that was brilliant, Wes. Would you allow me to reverse back and take the sandwich proposition? So you're saying that the Browns will have four wins tops or fewer? They can't. Oh, they can't. Oh, excuse me. I was looking at it the wrong way. Yeah, it's four wins or more. Because I, I think they'll win six. So, yeah, no, I'm out. I'm okay. out. I'm out. I'm mm. Browns won four last year, and you called them the worst offense in football, and you see no tangible improvements here. You came out of a 24-point unanswered flurry by Cleveland saying that Pittsburgh is more exciting. <laughs> I will I not that. take this because I think they will win five games. I think that uh, last year they lost about ten in a row. They just went into a funk, and I could see maybe later in the year, instead of going into a funk, Johnny Football comes and revitalizes them for a game or two. You want to take this bet, TD? 
proposition. Well, first off. Yeah. Sorry, wrong one. <laughs> I'll do it right. Okay. Well, first off. This is true, but um, I'm not going to take this bet. I do believe Johnny Football is going to show up at some point in the season and we're up for two or three wins. Was that the Peyton Manning slow jam? Yeah, the Manning brothers and their little fantasy. Uh, Let's stop giving them so much credit on their little you know, commercial thing. You know what's fu- <laughs> so funny, too, about those commercials? Uh, and I thought this most recent one Nothing. Was, was funny. I will say this. If Eli Manning continues to be terrible at football – can't do commercials anymore because it just becomes at a certain point. A You're talking joke. about a first ballot Hall of Fame lock, according <laughs> to conventional wisdom. Eli Two Manning could be doing champ. commercials yeah. as early as next autumn. Wow. Is that a Sessler that Eli Manning is going to be released and be out of football? Going to be out of New York. Why don't you make this a proposition? Eli Manning will be wearing a different uniform in 2015. This is too much of a lock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, whose turn? Uh, mine. Uh, I'll take another field. Okay, Mike Wallace leads all AFC East receivers in receiving yards this year. All right, let's let Mark, let's talk this out. Who are the top AFC receivers? I almost don't need to know because I think what he's predicating that on is that in the Bill Lazor Eagles offense that took Deshaun Jackson and blew up his career totals, you're seeing something similar happening. He already looks good in week one. I'm not taking that bet. I like what I like where your mind's at. You got did you say Watkins. wide receivers or did you say in the AFC East? So you receiving got yards or wide receivers? Receiving yards. So you've got Gronk. Yeah. You've got Decker, Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, Mike Williams, Julian Edelman. You can't yeah, take Edelman. anything in Buffalo seriously. That's out. I'm sorry, I'm not taking uh, the Dolphins offense seriously yet. Not yet. So uh that no, is a shot across Mark's back. Bill Laser, Mark. I, I apologize. Don't have to apologize to me. You're you're going to have your sandwich. Do I yeah. think? Here's what it comes down to me. To me, will Gronk have more yards receiving than Mike Wallace? What about Edelman? Decker. Ed, Edelman will be like a, he might if he he could have like a hundred for Edelman will Ed, he'll, for Edelman will yards. have more receptions, but for yardage, Mike when Wallace I, is a different type of receiver. When you're I work me the whole co- field, right? When I worked this question through, uh, my only question was Eric Decker. I loved what I saw of the Jets' offense. They didn't score as many points as they should have, but they moved the ball up and down the field. You're also trying to slowly lure Dan in. (laughs) Of course I am. (laughs) I am taking this as well. Once again, going with the odds and saying that give me any other player. And I think that Rob Gronkowski, although he didn't look 100%, once he gets Slow cooking, moving man. Yeah, once he gets cooking and, he, and he's back, to, if he stays healthy, he's going to have thirteen to fifteen hundred yards potentially. So, wow, that would be a career high. Listen, don't count him out. Listen, you love Tom Brady more than anyone. Gronk's healthy. I do. I love Gronk more they're than gonna, anyone too, but he's not healthy. Uh, all right, so yes, I'm in. Okay. Are you marking yours down? Wes? I know Mark did not take uh, that one. Mark didn't take either of them, and you took both. Okay, good. You're very smart, man. Next up, we brought up Geno Smith, so I'll throw this out there. There's a lot of controversy in the summer about Michael Vick or Geno Smith. I won two high-octane sandwiches off you gentlemen because you didn't believe in Geno starting week one. And now I'm going to tell you this. Because, Wes, I agree, watching week one, I'm all in. I think that that Geno is moving in the right direction as a quarterback. I think, barring injury, he's starting 16 games. So I'll say Michael Vick does not get get a start this season unless Geno Smith gets hurt. So barring injury, Michael Vick does not start a game for the Jets. 
I can't dispute that. I liked what I saw out of him too much. I feel like Jets fan or Jets fans are even being a little hard on him for his bad decision making, which to me is a learning opportunity. He's a young quarterback, scrambling or you know fumbling. Those things aren't that big of a deal to me. But he looked phenomenal. Chris Johnson looked great. Chris Ivory looked great. Eric Decker looks good. This offense is humming. Mm, wow, I can't believe Wes is. I feel like I'm in heaven right now. This is how I picture heaven. Just hanging out with Wes. <laughs> Wes and validating your Wes validating my team. Are there midgets on unicycles with pitchers of beer? Uh, of course, obviously. Uh, Mark? I think your premise is correct. I'm not going to take a bet on that. Wow. I'm surprised. I thought well, I think they've come this far. And I think this whole Michael Vick on WFAN with Mike Francesa is going to melt <laughs> into the hemisphere. That has no value. You're not going to get anything out of him on that. It, it, you only get anything out of Mike Francesa is the big New York radio guy, and Vick is doing a weekly spot. That only becomes relevant if Geno Smith struggles. If he doesn't struggle, Vic, there's nothing Vick could say that could cause an issue. I'm not taking it. I like, okay. I like where you're going. All right, your turn. Mine actually springboards off that. My last sandwich bet. Excuse me, wager. Are you just going to X all those out? No, just, you know. Proposition. going on. These are all being sent to the league office, these references you're making. The Jets will finish with a winning record. Not 8-8, eight eight, a winning record. I'm not ready to say that. I think they'll be 8 or 9, and it's too soon for me to really get excited. 8 or 9. So are you taking him up on this? No, I can't because I really. I, you don't want to. You don't want bring that bad voodoo on yourself. I said eight and eight before the season, and I don't. Or I said seven and nine, I believe, before the season, and I'm not. I saw enough bad things on Sunday with with the Jets that I could see how things could turn. Even though the offense did look very good, I'm not ready to go down that road, so I will not take it. Then you're agreeing that they have a losing record. Because I'm saying they'll have a winning record. They could have a losing record, yeah. Okay. That's a very tough schedule. Uh, four weeks from now, they could be one and four. It's possible. I like this team. I think they're good. So I cannot I cannot dispute All what right. you're saying here. A lot of So you think they'll hope. win eight plus? I like – I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have the ability to see the future like Mark, but I like what I've seen from this team. Wait, so do they, do they have to win nine for – a winning record okay, in terms eight, of how seven and one. sports eight, works. And one. <laughs> eight and eight is not a winning record. Okay. Nine and seven, Dan, would well, be you, a winning record. You should understand that I don't listen to you very closely. Typically. I am learning that rapidly. <laughs> D, D Milner could be back this week. And could I, be. And I think I'm one of the few people who believes he is, on, he is going to have a good year. Hmm. But will he be ready for Aaron Rodgers? We're going to get to all our picks, by the way, in our next show, our week two picks. Uh, the Jets are traveling to Lambeau to face an angry Packers team. I'm not feeling too good about that. Chris Wessling, you I got team. one. Oh, oh TD. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, so coming off the big Monday night performance, my main man, Calvin Johnson, who, by the way, is my favorite player, you saw All LeBron right. going off Stated. on Twitter, Kevin Durant going off on Twitter, how amazing this guy is. I say Calvin Johnson, who's career high and is, is 16 for most touchdown receptions in one season is going to be the all-time leader. Going to beat out Randy Moss's 2007 year where he had 23 and get about 24-25. I'm all over this one. Yeah, I'm doing I am it. As well. it's, I, it. It comes from it's, a place, again, of fandom, but also the fact that I do believe Calvin is probably the best talent in our generation, and he's going to have that one season where he absolutely just punctuates it, and I think that this is this season. I'll take this you up, prime. too. I'd like to be attached to this, even on the losing angle, if you predict this correctly, in early September. Wes, I mean, uh, Tita, you've made the classic error 
of letting your heart get in the way of your proposition. Of letting celebrities' Twitter accounts a, get not, in the way that, of your proposition. Not that. It just goes back to the point of again, this guy is is a, is a phenom. He's you know he's a freak, and I feel like he has he's going to have that one season where it's like. How much of this historical? Go, how much of this goes back to the fact that he's his nickname's Megatron and you love oh, a lot comic book movies? Goes and back cartoons. to the fact that his nickname is Megatron, but that's beyond the. <laughs> also, point. nothing puts a bounce in TD's step like celebrity tweets. <laughs> when you get this right and the is room true? is trashing that you, that's not true at all. Yeah, it that is. is so not true. I, you it, started this off with LeBron even, and Durant tweeting about follow, him. I don't follow a lot of athletes on Twitter. They have nothing to say. Typically, I get that off news and pro football oh, talk right. articles gotcha. and all that jazz. So he has to break the record. He has to break the record. So he has and to what, beat what is out the Randy record? Moss's 23. 23. I mean, Ooh, are you telling me hard, that man. with Golden Tate and, you know, Eric Ebron, all the options they have, teams can't lock on on Calvin like they did before. I you agree. Saw, uh, you saw Eric Ebron did not exactly I, create I a stir. But like there's a, a flip minute. side to that TD. That means that Golden Tate, Eric Ebron, Brandon Pettigrew are all stealing TD opportunities from Calvin Johnson. I think mm. what they do is and they Joseph steal coverage. And Joseph Fourier, a TD specialist. I think they steal coverage, but Calvin still gets those touchdowns. Mm-hmm. All right, well, welcome to the game. All right. I like this. This is this is it's almost like that Brady Bunch episode where they had the cursed medallion on the Hawaii trip. Oh, I like that. Two part episode. The producer chair, the guy wears the medallion when he and makes his propositions. Like, That's all I'm saying. Be careful. Um, all right, moving I believe forward. the first episode ends with uh, one of the Brady brothers brothers going underneath the undertow on a surfboard. Yeah. That would be that would be Wes's role, I believe. I've been caught in an undertow before. It was the scariest moment of my life. That got way too serious all of a sudden. <laughs> all right, who's up? I am. Okay. I've got another field bet. We're By the way, we're running out of time. How about this? Uh, Wes, you'll do one, and then we'll go around one more time, and then we're out. Okay. I've got a, another field proposition. Yep. The St. Louis Rams finish either with the worst record in the NFL or tied for the worst record in the NFL. Good one. I couldn't be more down on this Rams team. That's kind of why I'm doing it. I figured yeah. you guys might might be as down on them as I am watching in that mausoleum they play in. Yeah, I, I, I totally think it's very possible they're the worst team in football. Yeah, I, I, as do I. I'm not going to take that oh, bet. You get 31 teams. I know, but I, you know. Greg matter. would take this. He would, and maybe we'll give him the opportunity. Okay. Uh, all right, I'll throw one out there. Ooh, I want to pick a good one. Last one for everybody, so pick a good one. Here we go. A lot of pressure. All right. I'm gonna this one's a little wacky, but just for fun. JJ Watt, who I'm deeply in love with as a football player, and even more so after week one, will have more sacks this season than Demarcus Ware and Von Miller combined. Oh, that's great. That is a great question. You just told me not to let my heart dictate this. I'll take you up on that. <laughs> all right, all right. Listen, you have a point there. Dan too. just doesn't want anyone else to use their hearts. <laughs> There's here's, JJ Watt. Leave room for my heart. JJ Watt doesn't miss games. Von Miller's coming off an ACL injury, and Demarcus Ware has missed a lot of time the last couple of years. That's have a, a factor. And a half that's a that's program. a factor. Ooh, this is so hard. Mm-hmm. Huh. And TD, I will say that, yes, from my heart a little bit, not at the same level as your love of Megatron, but um, I also have to factor in that J.J. Watt, well, maybe it's really apt because J.J. Watt is basically the Megatron of defensive linemen. So. Agreed. I've got a side prop with a shadowy lead figure on Von Miller's sex this year. Mm. So I've got, I've got too many oars in the water here. <laughs> Does that mean you're scared off? 
I mean, th- this is pretty. This is tasty for you guys to pick it up. This is two all pros. All right, I'll take I'll take you up on that. All right, yeah. I will abstain. You can let the boss go down that road. All right, that's fair enough. That was a good question. Thank you. I am torn. I'm not even happy with my choice. You're imbruglia. That's for our Australian. <laughs> Natalie imbruglia. Yeah, that's for our Australian listeners. That song was not originally by her. Right. I I actually remember that. Um. Okay. Mark. We have played one game of this season, and my bet is that Peyton Manning has 16 more NFL games, and then he is done. I will take that. I'll take it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, what's your basis? He will retire after they lose their first playoff game. Wow. So even if – wait a second. Because so, you made this harder on yourself than you had to. Because if they – let's say they go – they win two playoff games or win a playoff game and then lose one. They're not going to win two playoff games. Wes and I would still all that matters win the for, proposition. All that matters for these purposes is if he doesn't play next year. Yeah, he could – if they make it to the AFC championship game and lose and then he retires, we still win. No. Wes and I. No, I think all, all that we're – the proposition is only that he doesn't play next year, right? No, that he I only plays clear. 16 more games. They will lose their first playoff game, and this he will money retire. In the bank. Oh, okay. It's not money in the bank because <laughs> it is correct. <laughs> sandwiches in the belly. All right. I'm all over that. And well, those are going to be finger sandwiches if you win that. <laughs> what is that, uh, an allusion to your financial situation? Well. <laughs> all right. Just might be. You know, this show cannot end fast enough, and I have a sharply worded letter to hand to you, my friend. Finally. (laughs) A sharply worded letter. TD, you better watch out, man. There's an 8 to 1 ratio of antagonistic sound bites in my direction today. Finally, Chris Wessel. Uh, I have to make one up on the fly here. Okay. Let's do another Peyton Manning one. Okay. Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford each finish with more passing yards than Peyton Manning this year. I, you know, it's funny you did that because I was thinking about a Matt Ryan yardage-related proposition. Well, he's already off to a – That just feels already, sensible. I'm not taking that one. Hmm. It feels sensible. Well, it's Peyton Manning sensible. just broke the record. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's not going to happen again. TD, what do you think? Too sensible. Yeah, I'm big on Matt Ryan this year. I think Ooh. this is the year he jumps into officially the top seven, top six in the game. Well, do you think he'll jump into, like, the top 15 of Damashek's list? Hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I think Peyton Manning will throw for about forty-three to 4,500 yards this oh, year. Oh, you're selling him short. And uh, I think that leaves him wide open to get picked off by – The Browns quarterbacks, quarterbacks threw for 4,300 yards last year. Don't underestimate that crew. I think he'll. I think Manning will fall about eight to nine yards short of both of them. I'm with you. <laughs> eight to nine. I think I agree. Can't take it. And then he'll say, "I've had enough." Yeah. I I, there's nothing it. more well, that I can I do with I my career. We just lost a wild card game to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've got to call quits. <laughs> I failed to real mark in on a single proposition. All right, let's go over. Let's just just for They're business purposes now, uh, bookkeeping purposes. Um, my. I'll, I'll start. Andy Dalton will finish with a higher passer rating than Phil Rivers. Wes and Mark both on the hook there. I have on the hook. Jason Garrett will survive the season. Mark disagrees. Got another sandwich there. Uh, <laughs> nobody took my Geno Smith will start 16 games proposition, but I did get Wes on J.J. Watt will have more sacks than DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller combined. Mark. 
What, what are you asking? Remember me? when I <laughs> repeatedly <laughs> during the podcast asked for everyone to track their uh, their propositions? <laughs> I wasn't paying attention during that part. He oh, isn't oh, paying oh, in a piece of paper. You're asking for. That was deserved. Two sharply worded letters coming right. to you, buddy. Okay. I did the LeBron Cavs Brown scenario. Everyone was too mystified. It. No one agreed. No <laughs> I one thought Dan get... took that. No, uh, no, no one I took didn't. it. I didn't. No, it was too much for you guys to handle. <laughs> uh, I went Jets winning record. No one took that. No one said they'd have a losing record. Right. A lot of ridiculous uh, excitement about the Jets in this room. And I said the Jimmy Garoppolo will start one or more games. Dan wanted no part of that. Wes took it. And what about your last one? My Peyton Manning one. Everyone signed up. And everybody's in on Peyton Manning. That absurd prediction. With so many loopholes for victory, it's almost (laughs) – the government's almost looking into it. You left both flanks open on that one. That was potentially very poorly done. But I feel strongly that he will get axed in a playoff game, not unlike – you know when we saw Marino go down in flames? 62 right. to 7, yeah. It's got to be a game that's so embarrassing. Yeah. Right? That says so much about what's happened. Sassler. That Manning says, I'm done. I'm off into the sunset. TJ Ward, you quarterback this I team. I thought you only get to go into the sunset when you end your season with a victory. It'll be an apocalyptic sunset. <laughs> <laughs> what's happening? Finally, Wes. Uh, Brandon Cooks will win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Mark agreed with me as I suspected he might. Mm-hmm. You, Dan, disagreed field. and All in got the field. field which, uh, thank God that you'll be banking on EJ Manuel for this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. Now. What else? Did, I had the Rams finish at the worst record or tied for the worst record. Nobody took. Nobody that. took that. Nope. Nobody we took the you. other thirty-one teams. No, nope. we believe you. Well, uh, sorry, Rams fans. Yeah, we hate your team. A bad situation. <laughs> Uh, what other? <laughs> oh, good. Mike Wallace. Really good uh, preparation on this end. I don't have a pen and paper. Mike Wallace, AFC East. Mark agreed with me. Dan took me up I on that. I took the field again. I like Gronk. 1,208 yards. My last one was uh, Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford finished with more yards than Peyton Manning. And I believe you both chickened out on that one. Yeah, that, well, I chickened out on that one. I'll admit that. I view it as a correct prediction by Wesley. And, and finally, uh, we had TD. Yes, I uh, I took you up on J.J. Watt. Yes. Yes, I did. And then on my Calvin Johnson will have the most in history, the most uh, touchdowns in the season in history. Well, Sessler took me up on that, correct? Only Sessler? No, I, we all took no, you up on that. No, we all took you oh, up on that. Yeah, we all okay. did. Okay. We that don't was, think it's happened. That was, I was the only one that didn't massacre you on this broadcast <laughs> for coming up with it. Take shots. That was free I, lunch, I got, TD. I got one last quick one, really quick. Oh, I Ooh, love this. Wow, all okay. right. Another team. A team in the AFC East, not named the New England Patriots, will make the playoffs this season. Oh, that's I, I like that. I mean, that's probably going to happen. I think the Dolphins could. I think the I'm Jets could. could. I say will. The Dolphins or Jets could. I, I won't take it because I'm rooting too hard for my Jets. I will not take that. Dan's like the guy who has to announce the Monday night game so he can't bet on this one, <laughs> but he's just not announcing the Monday night game. I'm not saying that Dolphins or Jets will make the playoffs, right. but I think they're both strong enough to make that a very believable Yeah, I'm not touching that. Too, yeah. That's good. No one's touching it. No one's touching no one's it, touching but that was it. good. That was sort of a You're, soft landing to was, our uh, game there. <laughs> that was stinky bait. <laughs> that's Tybee Island talk right there. <laughs> uh, all right, that's it for Wednesday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We'll have one more show this week where we're, where we're going to preview all the week two games and uh, go over the Thursday night affair. Uh, 
Greg Rosenthal will be back with us. We'll give him some sandwich opportunities. So uh, thank you for listening. We will uh, see you later. This is Dan Hansis signing off for The Sizzler, The Mailman, and TD behind the glass. Till then. We gone. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.